0: This is a Quite The Thing media production of Quite The Music, distributed as part of Quite The Music collab. Hi everyone my name is Gary Morris and thank you for joining me here on Quite the Music and this week we've got Quite the Guest joining me to talk about his career in music everything that's going on at the moment is the outstanding one quarter of the brilliant British boy or British Norwegian boy band A1 it's Mark Reid evening Mark.
1: Hey Gary, how are you doing? You're chatting um, to your at least fourth favourite member of the band, it's uh, good to talk to you.
0: No, not at all, not <laughs> at all mate. Um, it's very <laughs> pleased that you've been able to come on and, and join us on this one. Um, regular people that have listened to stuff I've done in the past will know just how much of an A1 fan I am, to the Isn't point right? where I, I once sported a Paul Marazzi-inspired Red Moloch. So
1: Awesome,
0: um, so, awesome. Yeah. Bit of a, an uber fan here, so yeah, filling filling a lot of bucket list dreams here. Um, it you're not
1: rocking that look anymore.
0: No, it's more of the kind of grey, kind of early forties look, which uh, oh, cool. is more more keeping with my age. But uh no. oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the,
1: the salt and pepper look can't go wrong with
0: that. Absolutely, um, but no, get tickets for you for some looks in Glasgow in October, and very much looking forward to that. Obviously, Three. first time you boys yeah. will be back uh, as a four piece plane in Glasgow for. Probably about the first time in about twenty years so as a foursome, so um, that must be pretty yeah. exciting.
1: It's very exciting. Um, I mean, it was very exciting when when Paul uh, rejoined the band um, because we had actually been touring um, uh, the three of us, myself, Ben, and Christian and um we played Glasgow several times when we did the back when we did the uh the big reunion tour the boys oh no what was it called it was um yes, they reunion. did kind of like they did the boy band tour didn't they yeah and um uh, so we we have been back many times but but Paul didn't hadn't joined us at that point so things worked out uh, in his life where actually he could free up some time to join us again and it feels like you know the missing piece of the puzzle and it's been great ever since and um yeah, I can't wait to get back out on the road with some new new songs. But of course, be playing all the old, the old, same old brand new hits as well.
0: Yeah, no, brilliant. And I think it's quite uncommon um, people that, that don't necessarily know a lot of um, E1's backstory, mm-hmm. but a lot of your back catalogue, especially from those first three albums, were all self-penned, and the vast majority of them are at least kind of co-wrote. And I think mm-hmm. for bands from the 90s, particularly in the kind of pop genre, that's not necessarily something that, that's overly common. Um, so, as a very experienced kind of singer-songwriter that that must be qu- quite good to kind of see a song that you've written do well commercially. Um,
1: not even just for stuff that you've done, but writing mm-hmm. for for other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's surprisingly uh, that is that was the case that many bands when we first started out were were probably put together um, for more you know um, appearance-wise and and the the look of the band rather than the musical integrity of the band and 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 that's fair enough i mean you know whatever whatever sells sells a group at the end of the day but we we you know at least three of us in the band are like musicians and um and paul is a brilliant musician as well now i mean he, he plays a lot of bass and guitar and but yeah we were coming at it from a very very different place so I mean, at the time, back in 97, Christian didn't even know what a boy band was. So he had yeah. to ask around at his school in, <laughs> in Liverpool. In Liverpool, he was studying up in Liverpool. He came over from Norway to study there so he uh he saw an ad you know looking to get his big break he saw an ad uh join a boy band and so he was asking around what's a boy band so they, they some friends at school said you know like the Backstreet Boys he said, oh yeah they're a pretty cool band yeah I, I I can go for that so um but actually we'd all we'd all had a lot of music background and and um uh, songwriting ability so it was You know, it's not necessarily the most important thing, but it's certainly the most important thing for us um, as 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 songwriters to to be very much a part of the process. And I remember when we first got together just as backup, our management got a team of writers to write songs for us and they presented us the songs. In a way, they kind of felt a bit like they were strong, but they did feel a bit like, you know, generic Pop songs that you probably could have given to anyone, yeah. and but we didn't, we hadn't really found our sound. And but then the songs that we wrote ourselves, and the songs that we then went on to co-write with Peter Cunner from D Ream, the managing director uh, of Sony, uh, preferred those. He said, you know, these are the better songs, so let's go with the songs that the guys are writing. And fortunately, from that moment onwards, from our very first single, "Be the First to Believe," we were able to to have a hand in the writing of all of our songs up until, I don't need to tell you, up until well we'll get to that a bit later I guess yeah. take on me absolutely
0: yeah absolutely which obviously w- was massive for, for you boys which was great yeah. um another wee factoid about myself so 99 through to 2003 I was doing student radio at the University of Stirling and oh, yeah. I actually used some of your tracks as like back in records on my nice. <laughs> radio shows and nice. actually one last song was the last song I played before I graduated uh, on the ah, radio so brilliant well a, a lot of A1 synergy, my my backstory as well. So um, fantastic.
1: Well, they're even better. They're (laughs) even better without the vocals on, aren't they? um but yeah no that's awesome that is awesome fantastic
0: yeah we'll celebrate our love of the week and a of trumpety bit and that was perfect yes. for going into like a kind of new segway bit so yeah. um, that, that was kind of stolen and used where did you um,
1: find the backing tracks there's a question for you well it
0: wasn't it was just a uh, kind of clipped it so just before right it yeah. Kicked in, yeah and i just looped it over and over and over again and that would
1: drive you mad yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, sorry, the, the, the Do you know what i I'm, I'm i was really uh proud of celebrate i love it so it is one of our cheesiest songs it's really corny but i uh, similar to now the, the songs i write i always try to write songs that are really uplifting and put people in a good mood and the idea with that particular song was kind of like a you know um uh uh, rhythm of the night for the beat of the rhythm of the night you know just an uplifting song the moment you hear it it just makes you you know lift your mood and your spirits and stuff and and you know to this day that's something that i i applied to to the songs that i write i mean obviously i write like heartfelt ballads as well and songs with a little bit more depth but i remember the first time my dad played me Uh, Mr Blue Sky by ELO and it absolutely blew me away and and I've never heard anything like it and and it was such an upbeat positive song that I kind of thought you know that is what inspired me to to write songs. Yeah
0: and I'm presuming obviously with your upcoming material that that you boys are doing a lot of that will continue to to be the self-written stuff and we can look forward to to hopefully seeing that before, before the two starts.
1: Yeah absolutely well We will hopefully release something before the tour, but chances are it will probably be either during the tour or just after the tour. Um, I don't think we'll get the album finished, unfortunately, because we've still not been able to get together. Mm. So we could possibly do an EP. I don't know if the people are clamoring, you know, for EPs these days, Uh, I think. You know, the thing is, is it's more of a singles market than it is an album market these days. Uh, Albums don't have quite the same, you know, uh sort of uh like
0: gravitas, once, once to them. Once yeah, gravitas. Yeah, gravitas,
1: exactly. That's a good word. It, it because now people just drop song at a time and then eventually all the songs that they've dropped kinda just becomes oh there's an album. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's very different, um, I suppose, mm-hmm. to kind of back in the nineties where you would drop an album um, and then do promotion for a single, then second single, third single, fourth single, and then you're maybe onto the second album by the by the time the fourth single's dropped. But yeah. as you say, the, the kind of the streaming market makes it very different to the, the good old days of <laughs> um, smash hits and when you Absolutely. were you were pulling out um, single after single.
1: Yeah, you know, back in the day, we'd release a song and it would sell sort of seventy, eighty thousand um 80,000 singles in a week which is fantastic and and we'd go on to sell singles that would you know sell 200,000 in a week nowadays to have a hit you have to kind of well I mean to have a big hit you have to have like a million million streams to actually make any money from what you're doing um I mean you actually get in the charts unfortunately numbers are really down so you can actually get into the charts with say you know 10,000 downloads um which is so low compared to what it used to be but um but yeah it is a it is a different time the stream the whole streaming thing even though obviously it's been around for a long time now it's still still a bit of an adjustment for an artist and a band that have been around in the times where people you know bought your record and and you know in in the thousands and actually owned it and actually had physical copies you know i don't want to Myself, too much, but um, we obviously had we had a singles that are released on cassette, which I yep. think is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's been there, yeah, but it's still funny somewhere in a box.
0: Recently, <laughs> uh, obviously, so when Steps came back, they actually released the, their new album on cassette as well. So, yeah, cassettes yeah, kind of had connected. a little bit of a resurgence, but it's kind of retro now as opposed to um, for for, for real kind of sales mood So, it's more for your, your collectors out there, absolutely. To, I can to totally get that with fun. vinyl.
1: I can totally get that vinyl because vinyl's actually got a great warm sound. But the cassette, for me, it's just a case of, you know, how long before it gets chewed up. And it'll, you generally sound like you're a bit woolly and underwater. So, yeah.
0: it's a wee bit gimmicky, but I suppose it's fun for collectors. It's a good gimmick.
1: It's a very yeah. good gimmick.
0: Perfect. So reason why i've kind of invited you on not just to talk about the kind of history of a1 and we'll get back to that in a little bit but um you've very recently dropped uh, your latest track um which is a lot of fun um mm. uh, i know it's been about a that kind of pet project for you um mm. so stop the show uh, tell me and us listening a little bit about that track if they haven't came across it yet
1: mm. well as i said before I, one of the first songs that kind of uh uh, set me off on songwriting was mr blue sky by elo and i just love anything with that kind of uplifting sort of flamboyant slight classical influences uh melodic guitars uh harmonies i love that sound obviously other bands that are very famous for that like queen queen i'm a big fan of queen as well and so i actually put a lot of my influences in this track uh, even a bit of Take That. I mean, I've had like comparisons to Scissor Sisters, Mika, uh, you know, uh, Queen, and 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 Take That, and and those are those are that's a major good company, company. to be in. Yeah, <laughs> very good company to be in. And and the idea with the song was to just do a song that would just really hook people, and you know, they'll be singing along. But also at the same time, it's got a bit of a message behind it. And and I think the timing of the message is, is very appropriate right now because I've kind of released it around the time that all the music venues are opening up around the world. And, and you know, because it's been a really difficult time for artists, really difficult, difficult time for, for performers in general, because, you know, I mean, like us in the band, we had all of our all of our uh, tour dates just cancelled and all of our dates in the year cancelled so it's been a it's been a strange year at home a lot of online virtual concerts which have been great you know been very grateful for those and uh, our, our, um, our fans have, have you know been um, tuning into those and that's been really nice but yeah it's been a strange time so this song stop the show was kind of like an anthem and a celebration uh, you know to to um you know to, to uh, in time with the, the venues opening up again so yeah I, I i'm really proud of this one i've put a lot of work into it I, I wrote and produced it at home and i've even made the music video at home so it's a proper lockdown record and um and yeah, and, and so far it's been really well received, really well received. And, and it's but it's just it's just getting started, really, because when people see the video, it's going <laughs> to, well, hopefully they'll appreciate it after the blood, sweat and tears I've put into making it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And is that part of the reason why with A1 the one the, Boys, the A-game tour is very small, kind of intimate venues just to try and get you back, kind of connecting with your audience that you've not been able to see
1: over, say, the last kind of 24 months or so absolutely yeah i i mean wow yeah it was the we were doing the boys back tour um and that was cut short towards the end so we we are rescheduling those dates as as far as i know Mm -hmm. and um and well we you know it has been a long time since a1 have been in the uk uh very active in the uk so we didn't want to sort of you know, uh, get too carried away, and uh, so we 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 chose to do smaller venues and more intimate tour um because we knew that it would be an absolutely fantastic atmosphere. You know, yeah. turns out that it was probably the right choice on the basis that so many venues are only allowed to be, you know, not full to capacity. So I think it's it was it's going to be a great tour, mm. and um there will definitely be new songs on the tour. That's for sure because we've got at least five or six that we're, we're you know raring to go with.
0: Hopefully. And, obviously, all the old favourites as well, which will be great. Um, Lots of them. What I quite wanted to do with this is just kind of put across my wish list um, uh-huh. as a bit okay. of like a kind <laughs> of... A- shall I, shall I just
1: kind of go, yes, no, yes, definitely not. Mm, maybe. Yes. You, yeah, you could, could l- Give us a fiver and maybe we'll do it. Slip us some yeah. Yeah. a tenner.
0: do a wee private encore at the end if it's one that's too bad. But, obviously, go you're going it. to get the, the big hits. But, for me... Um, number one song off the here we come album that probably doesn't get a lot of the credits due as ready or not because i just think it's so kind of retro and so fun yeah. and i think it obviously linked in a little bit with what you did later on when you did corny collins and yeah,
1: yeah.
0: and hairspray and it's got that kind of vibe about it which yeah. um i don't know whether that was deliberate or not or whether that's something you, know, you kind of fell um... up to
1: later on that was another one that was written by peter Cunner. now anybody listening who's not familiar with peter Cunner, he uh, wrote the song things can only get better for d ream massive smash hit and he's a real uh soul boy he loves his soul um a retro soul and so he was the guy that we wrote that with and the idea was to get as many of those kind of iconic riffs in the track as possible so yeah it's straight out of you know Motown 60s and those kind of things Uh, so it was us going a little bit retro but you know you'll be glad to hear uh, Gary that that's still one of our most popular songs on every single tour we do and no matter what audiences we're playing to even if it's not our own audience we'll still manage to get people to do that dance routine for that song because it's so simple I mean we can even do it so then definitely the audience can as well.
0: Lovely and most of my other ones are all from Make It Good which is uh-huh. probably in Good my though. top three albums of all time I'd still play oh. it all the time but I'd just be happy hearing the whole album over and over again um but oh. Isn't It Cheap is like one of my all-time favorites and I know you yeah. kind of worked along with Chesney Hawks on that one That's and right. as a big fan of 80s music as I am mm-hmm. as well um how did the collaboration with, with Chesney come about?
1: Well you know so sorry to be that that person but you know chesney's a 90s artist everybody sort of thinks he's an 80s artist but actually one and only was 91 Mm. but thank who
0: wrote it, It is obviously very 80s so very 80s there you go you brought that back around brought
1: it back and that's why you're the host (laughs) Um, (laughs) so uh, no you're absolutely right nick herschel did write that song and present that to Um, uh, Chesney's dad Chip Hawks and said hey I've got this song for you they weren't sure about it at first but Chesney's dad knew that that was a hit he said no this song is going to be a hit you have got to record it and sure enough it was Um, Chesney's a lovely guy and and Paul from our band had been doing a lot of writing with uh, Chesney um, and a producer by the name of Terry Adams, who um, uh, did some of our B-sides back in the day. Um, see, B-sides, that's something that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. But yeah, he produced some of our early, earlier uh, extra tracks. And so that's how the connection was made between those guys. Mm-hmm. And um, we've kept in touch ever since. But I can tell you, the, the original version of Isn't It Cheap... Now, I'm not, I don't want to say anything bad about the Make It Good album, because I, I, I'm really proud of that one, because that was one that particularly myself and Christian did did most of the production on mm. along with the production team that we were working with Mike Hedges. Um, and so the original version of, isn't it cheap that was produced by, you know, Paul, Terry and, and Chesney is, is a very, very different version and it's much more raw and rootsy kind of um, rock and roll version. And it's even got slightly different lyrics as well. Okay. Um, Cause we had to change some of the lyrics because originally um paul referenced the rocky horror picture show Ah, thanks. let me take you to a place no right beside the rocky horror picture show so it was kind of like the producer mike had said you're probably not gonna get away with <laughs> yeah that expression even though i don't know you know but he's quite possibly right so we change it to the i can't even remember what we changed it to the little picture show or something like that yeah. you know um and, uh, but yeah, the original version is fantastic and I, I don't know if Paul's released it anywhere, um, but if he hasn't I think he should because I think a lot of fans would I'd love to hear some of those those make it good demos are actually as good if not better than the actual album itself.
0: Because yeah, it did kind of mark quite a shift in sound for, for you boys from obviously the first two albums were slightly more kind of mainstream, kind of poppy, boy bandy sound although yeah. obviously we get an edge to it um, but the third album is very guitar based and a lot more kind of melodies and kind of a lot less electro pop. And th- I think that's what I liked so much about it. Um, mm-hmm. And certainly th- there's some, some great tracks on there. Learn to fly, let it out are brilliant yep. as well. Um, so I'd just love to hear that whole album live because um, you know, it's something to really get idea. the opportunity to, to do just mm-hmm. due to the timings of when it came out. So,
1: yeah no you're absolutely right and we'd love to do that as well um there's a a few mixed feelings in the band about the make it good album for a few reasons because it was a slightly challenging time for the band um things were getting a little bit more um fragmented and people were feeling the feeling it after having been on the road for so many years but the um Oh, where was my train of thought with the Make It Good album? But, yeah, I, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm certainly very proud of it, and it's certainly one of my my favourites. But, yeah, now the reason the reason we changed the sound and the reason we went for that direction was because it was a bit of a make or break album for us. The record company had had success with us. We'd had number ones out. The, the last two albums had done well, but they really felt we needed to go to the next level, and it was a chance to let us be the band that we, we really were, more so than we were the dancing boy band. And um, so so, you know, they they were working with Mike Hedges because Mike Hedges, the producer who had worked with other um, Sony bands like Travis and and um, they also worked with Manic Street Preachers. So the opportunity came up to work with with a great producer like him. And um, but it was a big gamble. It was a huge gamble because we were completely changing the sound. And it was a very expensive gamble as well because uh, a top producer like that's not cheap and um but you know once we'd released caught in the middle which in early days caught in the middle was not not our first choice for a single i think we really Really? was making good but we were wrong we were wrong because um the record company i'll tell you something a certain magic happened in the production stages of caught in the middle because the song just came to life uh, that's another one where if everybody heard the demo they'd be kind of like yeah okay it's cool it's a it's a it's, a, it's another torn torn rewrite um <laughs> cool. but the 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 production really took it to the next level
0: okay so if you were would have done a third single from make it good what would it have been
1: learn to fly there we go and that was actually the plan we would we were due mm. to make a music video in um uh, South Africa that was where we were going to do uh, do it in you know, Johannesburg but the um what happened was is is Sony was you know struggling at that particular time um and they didn't have the 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 funds to for us to make a proper music video so we had this kind of We hit this kind of stalemate where we weren't able to actually make the video that we needed and we didn't have the funds to actually promote, you know, Learn to Fly the way it needed to be. Mm. So it was unfortunate that things fell by the wayside at that point. However, Learn to Fly, I don't know if you're aware, was later released in Australia um, uh, by a pop idol, by their idol winner and it became a big Uh, number one. okay, I don't know that. So it has been covered by mm. an artist called Shannon Knoll, I believe. Yeah, okay. Christian would know more than me because it was mm. that's actually his song. So, yeah. But yeah, um, we we do learn to fly on our gigs and it goes down very, very well because it's a very mm. personal song, Christian, and, and it's a it's a great tune.
0: Fabulous. So we can't not talk to you about A1 and not talk about Take On Me, um, no. which obviously um, was probably the big um, hit where it certainly kind of launched here and certainly launched it at the second album. Um, Although Same Old Brand New You is, is again, your, your own song, which which yeah. did very well for you as well. But how did Take On Me come about? Was that a song that you boys wanted to do, given obviously the Norwegian influence, or mm. Was, mm. was it the record companies kind of driving on that?
1: You'd think that because obviously Christian being from Norway, but actually the, the it's it's sacrilege to do such a huge huge record whereas take on me over in norway is like the second national anthem as christian often says and which is true uh they're such a big band um but the uh, it was actually our manager's idea tim Byrne, um uh, who also managed steps he yeah. we, he you know he'd seen uh things were looking good all of our first three four singles had gone into the top five um top five top six and we needed to take it to the next level. And so many artists at that point were doing kind of cover versions to kind of just break through even even established artists like Madonna was doing was doing cover versions. She did a cover version of American Pie. And, um, you know, it's it's very common for bands to do do their own have their own take on a cover version. So so we all came up with lots of different songs um I, I remember uh writing on the top of my list was don't stop me now by queen that's the song i wanted to cover okay and another song i really wanted to cover was abracadabra by a band called the steve miller band Just mm-hmm. excellent song great great 80s classic yeah. and um, um don't stop me now was later obviously covered by mcfly so th- that was obviously um a good good choice to pick and um but it was our manager's idea to do take on me we were a little bit skeptical particularly christian but once mm. we once we kind of heard the production, I mean, this was back when we weren't so hands-on with the production, and um, they had Mark Taylor who produced Shares Believe and um, Enrique Iglesias is his Hero, so he, he he kind of gave it his magic touch, and we felt it was really special version. And, and it was just one of those uh, cases where everything clicked. We had a great dance routine. We had a great presentation. We had an amazing video, which at the time was quite groundbreaking and ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. But now you could now you could probably make it on an app. Um, but back in the day, it was quite groundbreaking. So it was one of those cases where everything clicked. I remember the first time we performed it in Glasgow on on a, on a live summer event and it absolutely blew blew the audience away because it was just energy it was such yeah. pure energy and we felt like yeah we got something here and yeah, sure enough good. it went to number one
0: uh, it's not the easiest song to sing either um which any kind of karaoke fans like myself that can't Is that really right? sing Have it you given it well, a go? It, it's not the easiest to do and i'm glad no it footage does,
1: exists of right. it so it's because it jumps two octaves doesn't it you know the beginning of the chorus is and uh so that's very low and yeah it does it does go through the uh yeah the the,
0: the range <laughs> yeah you, you need a good vocal workout to, to get to that one which is absolutely. why it's probably a perfect kind of encore song because you've done a full gig by that point and yes, <laughs> you're, absolutely you're well into it so
1: absolutely
0: Super. Now what I kind of wanted to do just before we we kind of rounded up on this episode uh, Mark was just kind of talk to you a little bit about the the other stuff you've done outside of of kind of day one and we spoke a little bit about your your musical theatre career with uh, doing Hairspray and obviously you've done bits of panto and stuff as well but Mm. is there any sort of kind of big roles out there that you've not got to yet that are on the kind of bucket list of Mm. things that you'd like to do in the future I remember uh, I saw Ben uh, doing uh, flash dance in Glasgow Mm. alongside Joe Clifton which was incredible and Mm. um, just the the music in that as well is outstanding Um, but it's something that not all pop stars can do and some do it anyway Um, but uh, I'm delighted to hear obviously yourself and Ben have done quite well out of the the kind of theatre group.
1: Yeah, it's something I really enjoy doing. I I did a tour a few years back called A Spoonful of Sherman, which was um which was a, a a collection of songs written by the Sherman brothers with a kind of a narrative of their life and their story and it was a really charming show. Very very demanding, very demanding because it was just a a small cast um and just two musicians, myself and another uh, a pianist and we had dueling pianos on the stage and the stage would rotate and the pianos going. Around. It was a really magical show. And um I did that for several months. And other than that, I you know, there's things that I'd like to do, but the thing about musical theatre is is it's just basically putting on an outfit because you've got to pretty much be exactly what they want you to be, and another it's just another interpretation of of the same character that's why i liked um a spoonful of sherman because it was more be, me playing myself yeah but uh interpreting somebody else's songs so um yeah I, I i in terms of a dream role for me it would probably be uh seymour from little shop of horrors or the dentist because that's absolutely one of my favorite favorite shows okay um always has been and uh yeah that i've that would be a real dream come true. And also getting to play Corny Collins in Hairspray was great because that's right up my street. Um, yeah, but you were yeah, a well, perfect casting for that. Yeah, I am very corny. You're absolutely right there. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm open to to anything that may be around the corner on that front. But I, be, I believe that with the year completely chock-a-block, I think my next chance to, to tread the boards will probably be um, in Panto. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. I'm setting you up for that, by the way. And you totally took the bait. That is why this is quite the show.
0: Quite the show, uh, and you've been quite the guest, Mark. I, I thank you very, very much for, for joining us. Um, as I say, uh, I'll look forward to seeing you in person in October at St. Luke's in Glasgow. I believe there's still a few tickets, but it's literally a handful, I think, for Glasgow left out there. So um, if you want to come along and what, see what will be an outstanding show, go along and, and get your tickets for that, and you'll be able to see me there with sporting maybe a, a grey and red mohawk. We'll, we'll see how that yes. goes.
1: Fantastic. Love it. Thanks so much, Gary. I really appreciate it. And and yes, yeah, see you on tour.
0: Absolutely. And best of luck with uh, Stop the Show.
1: Nice. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Bye.
0: Quite the thing media production of Quite the Music distributed as part of Quite the Music collab.